Hey Milo, we've talked about crime a bit on this podcast, but I'd really like to listen to a good true crime podcast. You wouldn't happen to know of any, would you? Of course I do. The one I've been listening to recently and love is called The Midwest Crime Files. The show is hosted by Gina and Chris, and they focus on small town crimes in the Midwest. And since it's unscripted, you get to hear their takes on the crimes. And each episode is on a different crime, so it's not like some of those other true crime podcasts where you have to listen to an entire season for one crime. Each episode is something new. Sounds great, bro. Where do I listen? Search for the Midwest Crime Files on any podcast player such as Apple or Spotify, or visit them on the web at the MidwestCrimeFiles.com. All right, it is time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're going to talk about our favorite board games from the old days. Mm-hmm. And to help us do that, we have our, our new friend, Amy Lewis, from the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Much obliged. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Yeah, great. It's great to be here. This is the first time I've uh, been a guest on a show, so this is very exciting. Thank you very much yeah. for the invite. It's well, interesting being on the other side, isn't it? <laughs> it is weird. Yes, it is strange because I'm used to yeah. just sitting in my room by myself in the dark recording my show. So you're like, great. who are these humans? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm talking in my microphone to other humans. What's up with this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your show, Amy. Yeah. So I started my show about a little over two years ago, um, kind of during the beginning of the the pandemic. But it was something I had wanted to do actually for quite a long time. And I had sort of dreamed of doing a show with my um, older sister, who was a big pop culture nut like I am. And uh, unfortunately, she uh, passed away. She struggled with some some, uh, very significant mental health issues and uh, unfortunately passed away in 2019. And so I kind of did this show um, as a love letter to my sister to kind of look into topics and things that she was interested in because we always reminisced about our childhood and adolescence together. So I thought it was something I could sort of do as a a healthy outlet to deal with um, the grief that came with that. And um, it's provided a lot of comfort, I think, to myself and also to my my parents um, have really appreciated the show, you know, among other people as well. But um, it's been a really um, therapeutic and really fun project because I try to keep it, you know, keep it positive, not focusing on sort of the the sadness of, of her passing, but just kind of the fun stuff that we were able to do and experience together as kids. So yeah, that's lovely. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way to honor memory is podcasting about something that that your sister liked and then sharing that love of pop culture with other people um around the world including us because we totally dig that stuff too so yeah thank you yeah it's been it's been a blast well speaking of pop culture and childhood memories nothing says childhood memories like board games yeah if you had siblings you played board games there's no doubt about it yeah And so today we each brought uh, two board games from our youth and we're going to kind of go around and share those and talk about the history of them a little bit. Uh, And I guess I'm going to go first this time. Yeah. Tell us what's going on, Milo. All right. Well, my, (laughs) my first choice 
is a Pictionary. So Pictionary, it's basically just charades with drawings. Um, the idea is you and your partner or your team, one person picks a card, the card tells them what to draw, you draw it, and the other people have to guess what you're drawing within the allotted amount of time. You can do an all play where it kind of gets competitive and you work your way around in the different subject matters. And that's pretty much it. But the thing with this game for me personally is I still have my original Pictionary box game from when I was young. And it looks like the original box that came out. Um, obviously not from 85, which is when it was initially released. Um, I think mine maybe came in the late eighties, early nineties timeframe. The game itself was invented by Robert Angel and worked with Gary Everson. They published it in 1985 themselves through Angel Games. And uh, what it came up with is Angel and his friends in 1981 uh, were just kind of playing this game that they made up and they liked it. And then uh, he decided to basically take it and pitch the idea. My theory is they came up this as a drinking game in some way because... <laughs> A bunch of guys sitting around coming up with a game, you know, they turned it into a drinking game. So anyway, so yeah, so they pitched the game and it actually was quite successful. It was first published in 1985 through their company that I mentioned. Piece of a trivia on here, actually, that a week before it was published or first launched, the printing company company called them up and basically said they couldn't sort through the 500,000 cards that had printed. And so Angel and his partners in the business had to actually sit down there for like a week straight and sort these cards out and get them boxed up properly and put them in the game before they sold out. They had wow. six, yeah, they had 6,000 copies of the game uh, that they sold within the first year at $35 each. The next year, they licensed it to Western Publishing and the Game ga Games Gang. And then Hasbro bought them and took over the license. It's been released in 60 different countries, 45 different languages. There's 11 versions of it in the U.S. alone. And roughly 32 million copies of it have been sold uh, since it was released. So super popular. But like for me, it was, we played this a lot. And especially at family get-togethers. Yeah, it was the game ones, yeah. that we played as yeah. a family. And like with my family... Most of the year, we did not get along or talk to each other, but like <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas was like the two holidays where we actually got together and got along and played games. And Pictionary was always one of the games that we played. I uh, love that yeah. game. Pictionary yeah, brings here. families together, man. It does. Pictionary brings them together. Or drives them apart when it's like, why do you not, how do you not understand yeah, what this is? That's not a dog. Right. That's a horse. What yeah, are you right. talking about? <laughs> Yeah, it brings, makes me think of that scene from When Harry Met Sally where they um, cannot figure out what Sally's drawing. That's the thing. It's so it's so great for comedy in films and stuff, too, because you look at it and you're like, I don't understand what that is. And they're like, it's this. And you're like, OK, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I did not get that at all. I did not <laughs> in your head, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We ought to have an 80s and 90s Pictionary night. Oh, with totally. all our guests. That's a great Just idea. Totally. That, I wonder if there's like an online version of Pictionary in some way. I didn't find anything. I know a lot of games get released as online versions, uh, but I didn't think if there's some way that you could draw. Online. Yeah, I read somewhere yes. that it, it's got like some kind of strange 3D version mm -hmm. um, where you can draw in, in the air. It's called Pictionary Air. And I wow. guess you can draw in the air and it, and it goes to your streaming device or something. I don't know how it works because it's technology it's, invented it's since the year 2000. That, I don't know about it, but I, I think there's something like that, but I don't know if it's online. We, we'll have to look into that yeah, more. Into that. 
Yeah. Well, if you do like Google, Google Meets, there's the Jamboard um, option on the on Google Meets. Oh, I yeah. use that for some some tutoring I did. So you could kind of like make up your own things to draw, and then everybody could see your your Jamboard. So <laughs> yeah, that works. Backup Plan B. Uh, all right, Amy, what do you got? All right, so my first game is the Saved by the Bell board game, <laughs> which I played at many a slumber party uh, in so my great. youth. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. And it's funny because a lot of people have like, made videos, you know, there's a whole just genre of people that buy these games and then play them on, you know, on YouTube and stuff. So, um, so it came out in 1992 by the Pressman Toy Corps. And it is, of course, based off the hit NBC television series for teenagers, Saved by the Bell, which ran from 1989 to 1993. And um, of course, the game incorporates all of the six characters that we came to know and love. And I'm a little biased because I actually share the same birthday as Mark Paul Gossler, uh, which is March 1st. Um, but anyways, two to six people can play. And uh, to begin, each player picked a heart game piece. And each heart was, of course, a neon color, like orange or pink or yellow. And everybody starts with three note cards from various cast members on it. Um, and it has a kind of a message saying where they should meet, meet you, you know, meet me in the science lab from Kelly Kapowski. And basically the goal of the game is to um, get rid of all of your note cards and go on a date with Zach and AC Slater. <laughs> okay. Which is, so it's very much like the, like the next game we'll be talking about is definitely, you know, geared towards a stereotypical, yeah. um, you know, middle school girl who just, you know, loves Slater and, and Zach. Uh, so the game board had various classrooms on it, like math and science, home ec, and all of the other spots were lockers. And when you landed on a locker, that was your cue to roll the multicolored dice. And you could, by rolling a dice, you may have to pick a question, get another note, move ahead a few spots, or answer trivia questions about the show. Um, and then there's also scenario questions. So, you know, for example, your crush asks to, you know, cheat off of your homework. What should you do? You know, and decide what you <laughs> want to do. So, very, again, very, you know, very stereotypical. Should you skateboard through the hallway like they do in the opening credits? You know, is that a safe idea? Probably not. <laughs> so, yeah. So you'd earn points as you went through. And then the, the goal, like I said, was to go on a date with Zach and Slayer and to earn 30 points. And, um, you know, you got the more dates you went on, you got points. I really enjoyed playing this game because I think a lot of people, especially I grew up in outside of Chicago, which is, you know, like freezing half the year, much like Maine, where I live now. And uh, I think a lot of us just really, you know, fantasized about being high school students in California and, you know, warm weather and going to the beach. And so I think when I was 12 years old, this was just like so much fun to play because just thought of like going to high school and being cool and, have, you know, having it be beautiful outside and palm trees just was pretty magical and then in hindsight it's like well this is like so 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 stereotypical for girls like oh yeah your goal should be to just go out on dates and you know ditch your class and you know meet zach somewhere i mean that's um you know pretty unrealistic but quite hilarious at the same time yeah it sounds hilarious i've never played it i knew they did a game but i've never never yeah. played it uh, well it sounds mm -hmm. like it wasn't meant for boys to play <laughs> yeah because you no. said the whole goal is to go on a, a date with zach and and or Slater, but like, what about yeah. Kelly? I want to go on a date with Kelly. Or maybe yeah, exactly. you do. Maybe you are a guy you want to go on a date with Zach. You know, right. I don't know. But I, I think maybe it was made for girls. It's, I think so. I it's know, a huge but... Yeah, there's like just a huge market for just these, you know, as I was kind of reviewing, you know, thinking back, it's like the market was so focused on 
you know, like an insecure 13 year old girl, yeah. you know, um, from Chicago, perfect. <laughs> yeah. in California. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, so well, well, madness. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Cause all you want to do is shop, go out on dates and, uh, date sack, <laughs> or you're like me and you, you know, skateboarded and played basketball and, you know, so <laughs> just thing. I just, it was hilarious. I, 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 I ate it right up. I mean, I totally felt, I love this game. Well, back a, then eighties, high school culture or, or California high school culture was kind of the style because everybody wanted to be, I mean, you could be in, a, in your forties and you still wanted to like be a California high school student and yeah. all, all the style reflected that. Right. Yeah. And it's all coming back now too. I live right by a college campus right near uh, the Bowdoin college campus. It's kind of considered a mini Ivy league uh, college and you can spot those kids right away because they are all dressed like it's 1992 it is the weirdest thing all the girls have stonewashed mom jeans on the guys all have a bright yeah like a hot pink uh you know nike running jacket i mean it's they stick out and they're all you know super sweet college kids that work in the stores and buy it's great um but it's hysterical because you can I mean, they stick out like a sore thumb. It's like, I'm pretty sure I had those pants in <laughs> 1993. And I should have saved them. Yeah, I should have saved those because I could have made a fortune off of these college kids that want to dress, yeah, you know, you like it's the 90s. You so. shop. Like, hey, totally. this is all yeah. the yeah. These are authentic. Like, when I was a kid, those, you know, redone ones. That's $100 right. I, I wore these to the roller rink <laughs> and um, they can be yours for $50. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, Jamie, what do you got? My first, my first one is a game called Guess Who? Guess Who? So it was manufactured by Milton Bradley in 1979, and it's it's you got a bun, you you pick a card, and that's the card like of the, the of your guy, and then the other person has a card, and, and then you have like 24 people on these little tiles, and you have to ask questions like like Hey, does your person wear glasses, or is your person a man, and you know. You got to essentially um, discriminate against like people by their race and gender and, and national origin. And so eventually you figure out who, who the guy is. The first one who figures out the other person's person, the other player's person is the winner. And I thought it was always really cool because you could, you could even ask, like you had to ask questions and you could get like, Hey, does your person wear glasses? But you could, you could do things like, Hey, is your person a redhead or is your person overweight? Um, I got pretty creative with the way I, I would ask things. So you, you could get creative and it's really about asking questions and, and deducing like kind of, uh, you know, detective style you've got to find your person based on d- deductive reasoning again like i had a little brother and we hated each other but we could actually play this game in peace right so board games really do bring families together they're kind of this peace peace table where you can smoke your peace pipe and play your game and not try to kill each other for 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 half hour or so this game is interesting because it started later on they started criticizing it because it was like majority of the pieces were male and white, which is kind of interesting. If you think about it, like it's kind of valid. It's like, yeah, majority are white males and you have to talk about glasses. What kind of white male am I trying to deduce from? So they started, (laughs) it started to get some criticism. It's like, Hey, you know, there's more kinds of people in, in, in the world. 
and especially in, in the U.S. So maybe we should like diversify it up a little bit. So so they did. They started diversifying it up and getting some more representation of women and minorities. And and that's that's kind of cool. Probably makes it a little more interesting, too, from the version I played, which is, you know, guess who the white male edition <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, that's my game. I, I always had fun with this game and I, I think it'd probably be even more fun to play today. I didn't remember that game till you said it. And I actually just looked it up and I'm like, I do remember that game. Maybe you got a, along with your siblings a little better. Cause my mom would pop that out every time my <laughs> brother and I were starting to get into fights and stuff. She'd be like, who, guess who, <laughs> guess yeah. who boys play your right. game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we definitely had that as as kids too. I remember playing that all the time. And I always wanted to make like my own version of Guess Who with people I know, like have you know my grandma be one of those, but I just never kind of got around to it. But it's not too late. Maybe I'll Yeah, maybe that's I'll a good that. idea. Right? You print print yeah. little pictures and just put it on, you know, and so that way you're guessing that's brilliant. That's I a like great that. idea. Yeah. Could be a gift, good gift for somebody, maybe. Every everyone knows uh, my next game. You cannot be a living human being without knowing it, and that's because it's Monopoly. Oh. So I think most everyone has played it. Uh, you play your little character, you work your way around the board, you buy properties. The more properties you get, the more better you can then force the other players to go bankrupt is pretty much the gist of the game. It was initially published by Parker Brothers in 1935, but the origins actually go back farther than that, all the way back to 1903. There was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Maggie or Lizzie Maggie, and she was a game designer and created this game with the intent to actually highlight inequalities of wealth. Uh, so she created this game with two sets of rules, one where you gain wealth, which benefits everyone. And then a less cooperative version where you create wealth and you create monopolies. And as we know, the Monopoly version was the one that stuck. <laughs> she even patented and everything in 1904 and called it the Lands Landlord's Game. So uh, around 30 years later, a guy by the name of Charles Darrow went over to a friend's house in 1932, and he played the game with his friends. And he was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to kind of take this and make a game around it. And so he kind of came up with the Monopoly version that we're more familiar with. So he took it over to Parker Brothers. And Parker Brothers is, hell yeah, we'll buy that. We'll give you money for it. And then they're like, wait a minute, somebody already owns a copyright on this other game. So they went to her and they paid her $500 and said, thanks, we'll buy your copyright for that. So oddly, Darrow actually made a ton of money through his investment in the game. And all she really made was her $500, even though it was really her idea. A uh, couple interesting things about it is during World War II, the British secret intelligence actually took versions of the game and they actually sent them off to like prisoners of war camps in Germany for the guys to play. And they had things hidden in the games like maps and compasses and actual real money and stuff <laughs> that people could use to escape. So I thought that was really wow, interesting. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Hasbro acquired the game in, from Parker Brothers in 91. And then in 91 is where you really start to see all those different versions start popping up all over the place. The other version from the Paris version, the this version, that version, the you know, fun TV show versions and that kind of stuff. And then, of course, we had or the, the McDonald's Monopoly game come out where you try to select your pieces and everybody was playing that. You're like, got to go to McDonald's yeah. and uh, collect. And you always get like all of them except for the one. They have all that as Safeway now. Oh, yeah. Where you get cool. the, if you spend more money there, you get more pieces and you 
I, I've never done it because I'm lazy, but they, they still got that kind of thing going on. Well, you know, anything to make money off the game. Uh, what's fun about Monopoly, too, is you you always have your house rules. And it's funny because yes. last month uh, we went with a couple of friends to this uh, concert down in southern in the UK. And we rented an Airbnb and they had Monopoly. And we're like, let's play Monopoly. And you get the Monopoly out. And then you're like arguing over what your house rules are going to be. And it's like, well, we'll play it this way. Well, we play it this way. And then you kind of got everybody to decide. And then something happens and you're like, well, we do this. And we're like, well, we haven't done that so far this game. So yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> kind of thing. Like that's free parking. News, we put all the fine, fine yeah. money and free parking. And then if you land on free parking, you get like, you get the lottery. We call it the lottery. Yep, totally exactly. not a real rule. No, yeah. well, and that's the thing. And we had that. That was one of our argument items because, yeah. Uh, yeah, my <laughs> wife was like, what's not in the rules? And we're like, well, that's a, one of our house rules. And and so we ended up not doing it. But yeah, you, you always have those house rules. So. Yes, which I always feel like brings out the worst in people. And that's why I pretty much refuse to ever play Monopoly because it like, really brings out people's ugly side. I'm not like totally. I, I've worked with kids for a, a, a long time pri- uh, previously and Anytime they want to play Monopoly, I pretty much refuse to because it's like I really, you know, we have a really good relationship and you know, I'm trying to help you. And I think if we play Monopoly, it's going to bring out a side of you that is not That's one be of good. the board so games. I'm, I'm all set. That it's doesn't true. bring people, people together. Most board games Monopoly. bring people together. Yes. This is not one of them. This no. ends in fights like, of people who actually like each other. You're right, Amy. That's right. true. It's like I always get park place when we play. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, or just the thing where like yeah. you have like you're trying to work a trade and something. And the person's like, no, nope, absolutely not. And you're like, if you don't do this trade, yeah. neither of us will win. And this game is going to go on right. for days. Still not yes. doing the trade. Yeah. You know? Right. Okay. I'll do the trade. Like oh real Give me all your money. And then and you're like, that, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's like the real world. Who wants to be in the real world? <laughs> right. It's like, don't, please don't, uh, this is not the, the hill you want to die on, the Monopoly hill. You don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. It's true. And even this game that we played last month, the game went on for like part of the, so we started the evening we arrived. I think we picked it up again the next day. Like it, it, we played for quite a while before it finally ended. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's Monopoly, but you can't, you can't have board games without playing Monopoly. I mean, no classic you know, hate it or classic. love it. <laughs> it's, right. Well, yeah. I remember my, um, six, I think it was my sixth grade teacher who I also had for third grade. And if she was upset with, a student they're doing something that you know bad or whatever she'd say do not go past two you know, do not go past go do not collect two hundred dollars like oh my god i guess i'm that's Uh-oh. how we knew we were in really she big just trouble went down <laughs> yeah yeah it's true though we use phrases from that game uh in our daily lives yes Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right amy what's your next one all right so my just you know storied history just like monopoly i have girl talk dateline <laughs> which is a game that my, my sister owned that I played with her. My sister was a lot um, cooler than me, um, <laughs> you know, was very, very popular. So this was like, you know, again, insecure uh, teenager playing a game, trying to trying to be cool. So it was released in 1989 by the Golden Company. And according to uh, an art, uh, I think it was a little clip from a catalog. It said, Girl Talk Dateline, the talking dating game. Girls mix their two favorite pastimes, talking on the telephone and boys <laughs> in this unique audio game which that's, those are not two of my favorite pastimes. But anyways, um, so the goal of the game was to be the first person to match all of the teen cards that you had in your pile. And again, to get a date for yourself, because again, your self-worth should be measured by how many dates you go on. So two to four people could play. And the game came with a game board, some token pieces to move around the board, and a cassette tape with about 30 minutes of recordings between... um, guys and girls talking on the phone about going out on dates. 
Um, so there was girl cards and guy cards. The pink cards were girls, the yellow cards were boys. And then you pop them into this phone looking thing. And then a phone call would start. I think it would kind of activate the cassette tape. And then you'd hear a conversation between a guy and a girl. And I distinctly remember one, um, the, you know, the phone rings and it's a guy, he's calling a girl and she's blow drying her hair while they're on the phone. And she's having a hard time hearing him. And he, so he repeats himself and says, you know, do you want to go out on Friday night? And she says, I can't, I'm drying my hair on Friday night. And then the narrator, a weird little noise kicked in. It sounded really weird. It was like, wow. And then the narrator would come on and say, whoa, is she an airhead or what? No match here. <laughs> and so that was like the gist of the game is going around and like, you know, and this is already predetermined by this tape that was pre-recorded. But of course, you don't pick up on that when you're, you know, 10 or whatever playing this game. So you're, you know, just trying to get rid of all of your cards by having people go out on dates. And again, most of the characters, there's little pictures of the guys and girls in the cards. And of course, they're all really, you know, attractive in 80s fashion. And, you know, there's a nerdy kids who, of course, have glasses on and the hair, their hair is parted down the middle and slicked back. And um, you just want to go on, on dates because that's all, you know, all you want to do. That's and again, totally mark. Yeah. Come on. Well, <laughs> I think these kind of, nice play. These, these kind of games yeah. aren't really for meant for teenagers, though. They oh, involve they're terrible lessons. Right. But like, they're meant yes. for like preteens who thinks to think this is what teenagers do. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so That's I think what it my, is. Yeah. Right. So my 12 year old head, I'm like, well, apparently, you know, when I get to high school, I'm just going to like spend every night on the phone and try to go out with somebody and, you know, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. So it was just completely, um, <laughs> completely ridiculous. And of course this game, kind of like you're talking about with guess who is, you know, really lacked a lot of diversity in the <laughs> cards and just a lot of stereotypes that, you know, like you know say like what the person liked and disliked and so of course you know girls liked boys in the beach and then hates studying and you know <laughs> yeah. it's like this is just ridiculous <laughs> so oh, that's funny that just, i i yeah, want to track that down and play it now though just for the experience we should like, play it and just like record it, ourselves you gotta get playing. the cassette though we'd have to track down a cassette player as well in order to yeah. play this game yeah yeah because you have to use the um auxiliary thing yeah so it's completely dependent too on how you know what condition that your um the tape is in too if you can play but there's a lot of there's a fair amount of it for sale i've seen online some people selling you know bits and pieces of it or the complete game but it's just completely ridiculous ebay all right Jim, yeah. what do you got <laughs> so my last one is a uh, simple simple one uh called connect four it was trademarked in 1974 by milton bradley but the game itself is far older in fact, uh, legend has it that Captain Cook was a huge player of Connect Four. And he played it so much and he was so into it that the game also has another name called Cabin Mistress or Captain's Mistress because he, he played this game so much. So, so it's actually an old game that was finally trademarked by the corporate man in, in the mid-70s. This is another one I could play with my brother, but sometimes it would get a little contentious because I, I, I'd often beat him. But there are over four and a half trillion possible positions on a traditional Connect Four board. Did you know that? Wow. wow. This thing is actually, seems simple, but it's actually pretty complicated and it's called a solved game. So what a solved game is, is um, you can follow like a particular series of movement movements kind of like a rubik's cube and win every time and it was first hmm. solved by a guy named james dow allen on october 1st 1988 so 
this is an old game and it has a lot of like variations and names uh, and even nearby at a park. I know we have one. It's like a giant connect four thing. It's like really big that kids can like throw, throw it in there. Um, but I, it's a fun game. It seems simple, but it's also complex at the same time. Uh, and I, I just think it's fun. I think anybody can play this game and it's a lot of fun for two players to just sit down and play this. And uh, I, I probably like it as much as Captain Cook did. So that's my contribution. Yeah. yeah, my kids love that. That's a great kind of intro to kind of board games and stuff because it's pretty easy to follow. It's, you know, active, involved, and they really like the whole, you know, dispensing all the pieces out when the game's over. It's, yeah, it's a classic. It's a good one. Uh, Amy, before we go, please uh, tell everybody where they can track you down if they want to listen to your podcast. Sure. Yeah, I have a, you can find it on all sort of major platforms for podcasts. It's, so again, it's pop culture retrospective uh, podcast. And then the website for it is pcrpodcast.buzzsprout.com. But it's on all, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. So just search it and it should show up. And of course, folks, get out there, play your video games. Or, sorry, play. Okay, folks, get out there, play some board games with stop your friends and family. Stop playing video games. Stop playing video games. Play, play board some games board games and talk interact to with each other, other face beings. to face over, That's right. over a real board game. Because when yeah. you play Connect Four, you're looking at each other, you're interacting with each other That's in person. Right. Right. Yeah, because right now it's more like disconnect for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. We're so we're so Boom. you know so out of, yeah, my mic drop. Um, drop yeah. a mic, Amy in yeah. the house. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter at the 80s and 90s com and let us know what your favorite childhood board game is. And with that, we will say we are out of here like my sister. Whenever she would start losing at a board game, she'd knock over the board, throwing it, storming out of the room in a fit of rage like the little brat that she is. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs>